0: superstitious podcast yes. okay, <laughs> okay. He thought that was funny yep all right um hello welcome to another episode episode lucky episode seven of yes. a very superstitious podcast um with jenny and sherry welcome and we, back yeah we're happy to be here with you um all seven of you right. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all about seven
0: yeah lucky seven yeah Um, So today we're going to be talking just a little bit about um, just superstitions and just sharing a couple of stories that people have told us, sent into us, and just see where it goes from there.
1: Yep. Um, uh, So I put out um, a call for some superstitious beliefs and stories and, you know, what are some of the superstitious things that you do and why? And I got a lot of responses. And it's really oh. cool and really fun. So I don't know if you want to just dive right in, yeah. Let's or, do it. or did you want to talk about some more commonly known superstitions? Because there there are a lot. I mean, I think there's a lot of superstitions that people do um, just daily in to either bring good luck or to ward off something bad from happening, mm. or they are they do it out of habit too. Right.
0: Yeah, like so if you're walking down the street and a black cat crosses you, even if you're not superstitious, your mind might go, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Something's going (laughs) to happen. Right. Yeah. You know? But yeah, what are some common ones that um, do you think are the most common? Well, so in asking other
1: people, there was a lot of um, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. Yep. Was a a common one. Um, Another one was going over train tracks, lifting up your feet.
0: do that. Yep.
1: Um, and then there were some ones that I hadn't heard of, um, but apparently are very common, which one was um, not putting a hat on a table, mm-hmm. which I had never heard of. And I... That
0: explains a lot. of oh My, my
1: husband does it all the time. <laughs> it irritates me, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard of the superstition, right? which is kind of funny well, to me. Do you me. know
0: why? What
1: it- no, I didn't hear why mm-hmm. that was considered bad luck it was just like a no-no um so yeah there's a there's a lot of them um you know spilling salt throwing salt um yeah a lot of different just everyday ones stepping on cracks um yeah
0: that one like i don't believe that but like sometimes um i do it right you know or not do it
1: Yeah. yeah i mean I don't know. I'd be interested to hear from anybody who would like to write in about the stepping on the crack one, because I I guess it's just like a nursery rhyme, sort of. Um, Like, don't step on the crack, you break your mother's back. But So where did that come from?
0: Right. And if if we really were on top of our game, we would have looked that up before we got here today, but we didn't. Um, So what are some of the ones that you you got
1: from people. Like I said, I put out like a call for people's uh, superstitious stories and practices. So what I'm gonna begin with is one that was sent to me by um, a friend of mine who uh, has the superstition about knocking on wood. And so he said, I probably got this superstitious behavior from my granny. She was a folksy Southern spirit, but I also feel it's intuitive. Like, you don't want to tempt fate, or at least I don't want to. And so I do it whenever I say something that might come back to bite me. And so that was, quote, unquote. quote. And then he also added, knocking on wood is like saying, looks like we're in the clear now, mm-hmm. which I thought was yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, a really it's really like, in that. like oh, right. right. Yeah. Closing
0: a deal. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. We're in the clear. We're good. The knocking's going to like ward off a turn of events and then he also went on to say uh i don't let an empty rocking chair rock i was interested in that one because i'd never heard that Mm. one i asked a little bit more about the rocking chair and so he went on to say i got the rocking chair from my old friend otis from when i was in my early 20s he is from a place that's a bit more country than where i'm from and side note uh, my friend is from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. His I friend Otis. Rock and roll too. Yes. He's not very into music. So he would be very, <laughs> yeah, he would like that association. So his friend Otis is um, from a place that's a little bit more country. And this was a superstition of his that um, he he picked up. So Otis took it very seriously like this, the notion of like a rocking chair as an empty rocking chair as being an omen of very bad luck. And so he said, like a rocking chair in his living room would be kind of like this invitation or this evidence of an, like an unseen being. Huh. Um,
0: I mean, that would be my first thought when mm-hmm. I walk into a room and it's rocking um you know, oh, right. Hey.
1: But so Otis took it a little bit differently and a little yeah. bit farther in the fact that, like, if someone, if an actual person mm-hmm. got up from a chair and left it rocking, oh, okay. he would then go over and stop it from rocking, which I thought was incredibly interesting because I was like, so what does that mean? Does that mean that, like, the rocking chair would, like, invite someone to come in it? Or is it this like leftover energy? Yeah. Or is it just simply just creepy? And so my friend said that um, he picked up on it because he felt that it was like this kind of like evidence of like the unseen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was interested in like the that the fact that it was like this um, kinetic in- energy left yeah, yeah. left behind, sort of. Otis. Took it really, really seriously. He would jump up, walk across the room, and would stop the chair from rocking.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Now, do you think, now that you know about this, that when you see a rocking chair rock after someone leaves it, that you'll...
1: I mean, it's not so much about the someone leaving it. Yeah. That wouldn't bother me at all. Like that. That's what was interesting to me about it was yeah. the fact that he would stop it, yeah. even though he saw the person leaving it. It wasn't like he was coming upon an empty, rock, right, empty right. rocking no, get, chair, because yeah, yeah. that would be super creepy. Or but like, well,
0: sometimes I wonder, like, if superstitions—once you hear somebody's—and mm-hmm. they plant the seed. Yeah. Like now, is the seed planted? Like right. You know, so that's what happen? happened to my yeah. my
1: friend, who now stops a rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. I like that the idea of that. Yeah. Um. But again, there wasn't really like a kernel of like why. Yeah. Like, why is this so distressing? Like, right. and I kept trying to like get at it. Like, why is this? Why is this problematic? What I eventually came to was that it was absence. Mm-hmm. Like, there was there was someone there rocking the mm-hmm. chair, and now they're gone.
0: I mean, and I do think the ultimate question of superstitions. In contemporary times because you can kind of make sense of them um, in a the time before scientific reasoning right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um is that um it's just how you made sense of the world so mm-hmm. the why maybe wasn't as important like we do this thing because right. this is how we're explaining why this you know our survival whatever it is right. you know but now we ask ourselves why because we have a better way of making sense of the world you know right um you know so it's it, to me it's interesting like um and also, like, why do the, us as rational people still do things that, yeah. you know, maybe in the core, we kind of know, you know, the hat on the table is not right. really going to cause whatever, you know, harm. It's a horrible thing that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah.
1: But so, yet. We do it. The majority of people report doing superstitious behaviors. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't know why. But that's so, that's what, where my interest lies in. Yeah. Like, why? How did it start? So, that was kind of like what I kept asking people with their stories was like, you know, where did this come from? What would happen if you didn't do the behavior? Right. Um, and a lot of people didn't have an answer. Um, some did. But um, so, another one that uh, was kind of common was about salt. And um, so, another writer wrote, Throwing salt over my left shoulder after knocking over the shaker, you had to do it. So if the salt shaker fell over, you had to then pick the salt up and throw it over your left shoulder specifically. And so she says, you throw the salt over your left shoulder so it goes in the devil's face. And it should also be accompanied by saying out loud, Satan, get thee behind me. And usually some unsavory force had caused you to knock over the salt shaker in the first place. And so I looked into this a little bit more. And um, and so there's kind of like the belief of like the, the devil sits on mm-hmm. your left shoulder and like there's an angel on your right. Um, and they're constantly, you know, trying to get your attention, trying to, you know, get right. you to go yeah. to one side or the other. So the throwing the salt over the left shoulder mm-hmm. specifically is to – throw salt at the devil um but I did also like right. how she said that um some kind of like force made you knock over the salt yeah. shaker in the first place
0: which is interesting to me in the sense that well the force of good he's trying to get you to throw the salt like you know what I mean mm, like how do you inter- interesting you know, like, yeah um because the devil doesn't necessarily want you to throw the salt and in-
1: right so why yes. would it I mean- yeah that's true why would the devil want you to knock over the salt shaker initially to throw salt in its face
0: okay uh, i don't
1: know so it's almost like something good <laughs> right, is, is causing like, you to knock like over the, the I mean,
0: i'm not going over that salt because it looks like you're going to make another bad choice today. yeah <laughs> possibly. which by the way we are not today this is a very sober very superstitious it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Super very sober,
0: yeah. <laughs> but it is two o'clock in the afternoon, as our normal like evening. Um, we I'm just going to spread a, a, a myth about our podcast. We always do it at midnight. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the strike of midnight. So another really popular one that you talked mm-hmm. about before was lifting your feet when mm-hmm. you drive over the railroad tracks. And my tracks. brother, I asked
0: my, at Thanksgiving recently, I asked my brother, like, do you have any superstitions? And he said, yeah, that, he does that because, mm-hmm. and that's weird, he does it every day going to work over these tracks, or taking his daughter to school over these tracks, he's like, and the trainings haven't, they haven't run that track in forever. Right. He's like, you know, so I still do it, even though I know totally dead track, you know, oh, right. it's just, um, it just happens. Did you ask him what started it? Like, where did it come from? I did, but, you know, this was at the end of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, but he didn't really have a rational reason for doing it. You it know, is. just like, it was just like, good luck, perhaps. Mainly, it's about luck, right? Mm-hmm. The hat on the table, I think, it's about bad luck. It's bad yep. luck to do that. So, so many things that we do, knock it in wood. It's about keeping our luck, being, you know, control the luck. Or,
1: right. You know. So, my friend, Juliet, she sent me just a little little story about lifting her feet. And so she said, I lift my feet driving over railroad tracks. My dad, when I was little lived by tracks and he told me to do it to avoid bad luck when driving. Mm -hmm. You also did it under bridges when a train was overhead. It was always luck related. My dad's family was super Catholic and they had all kinds of superstitious superstitious things that were considered lucky or unlucky. Yeah. It applies to tracks underneath or overhead. But again, there was no like superseding instance of like why this, why you need to do it. Right. Um, Just luck related. Uh, Here's another one that I thought was pretty interesting. Also, again, about the devil. (laughs) So this was written uh, to me um, quote, my grandmother was really weird about any single thing that was left in a dish. So at Christmas time, she always put out olives and pickles, and there could never be just one left. Someone had to eat it or it would get immediately refilled. And you couldn't wash a dish that had one thing left in it because it was for the devil. Like that last piece would attract the devil, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm not a Catholic and this was weird to me. (laughs) It all seemed like like voodoo in the Catholic church. (laughs) I think it was actually guilt related. Like you need to eat all the food because you're blessed to have it. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, yeah, don't leave, don't leave leftovers because the devil, it's for the devil, right. or the devil will get it. Right.
0: So yeah, but, um, and you don't want that to happen. Right. You. <laughs> I but I, I thought,
1: I thought that like the the guilt, um, yeah. of like having food, you're blessed to have food was right. an interesting aspect. And then this one was really interesting to me, um, and it's one that. I have I have been victim of – well, not a victim, but, like, I have done in a bad luck kind of light. Yeah. Um, definitely it was uh, don't toast with water on empty glass. Mm. And I have done both.
0: Wait, so, wait.
1: Don't so, like, toast toast, with water. Don't toast with water in your glass. Like, okay. if someone's like, raise okay. a toast, okay. blah, blah, blah. You're not supposed to do it with water. Or an empty glass. Okay, okay. So if my glass is empty, I should not toast with it. Okay. Right. You're better off not doing it at all. Okay. Um, and so it says, make sure if you clink glasses in a group that they all touch each other, it is bad luck and poor manners. And I actually looked this up about the toasting. So if you toast with water, according to the Navy's Mess Nye Manual, it means that... You will die by drowning.
0: Wait, so the Navy has some superstition built into their manual. So according to the
1: Navy's Mess Nye manual, toasts are usually made with champagne, but other wines are also suitable. And at Mess Night, port wine is used for all toasts. And and although civilian practice is more permissive in the military, toasts are never drunk with liquor Mm. or soft drinks or water. And the tradition is that if you're the object Mm -hmm. of the toast and then you toast with water, you're going to die by drowning. Jeez. So I tried to like really look into this a lot more. Yeah. Um, And so I found that the belief that you should never make a toast with water in your glass goes back to the time of the ancient Greeks. In mythology, the dead would always drink from the river river Leith, okay. or Laith, which is in the depths of the underworld, and they would drink in order to forget their past life. The Greeks would toast to the dead with glasses filled with water to symbolize their voyage along the river into the underworld. And so as a consequence of this story, um, proposing a toast to somebody with water is akin to wishing them bad luck, basically. And maybe even death to this person. Uh, many people also believe that toasting with water, you're wishing death upon yourself oh as goodness. liquid reflects your future watery grave. All right, I'm
0: convinced. I don't wine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so no. it's kind of
1: great. So it's like yeah. basically, you know, yeah. the Navy is telling you, don't toast at all unless you have champagne or wine.
0: No liquor, no water, water,
1: no soda, and no empty glass. Okay. So.
0: Well, I'm going to join a branch. At least I have a lot of standards that I can believe
1: in. Ready for for another one? Yeah, sure. Um, So this one's pretty personal to a friend of mine. Um, So she says, I have an old amber ring that I wear every time I travel for good luck. My father bought it when he lived in Denmark in his 20s, and then he gave it to my mother as a sort of an engagement ring. It was then given to me for my 16th birthday. I had read that Amber has protective qualities and attracts good luck amongst other things. I wore it daily for years, especially while traveling. Now I save it exclusively for luck and traveling because it's so old. I once made my husband turn around after leaving for a trip because I forgot it. I've been wearing it for luck for so long. I totally freak out if I don't have it on, especially while while flying. Mm -hmm. It is my anti-anxiety talisman.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I had my own, like, um, like, especially, like, flying and stuff like that, you Mm -hmm. know. And I guess it's that feeling of vulnerability, but I had one... as a kid, and I kind of had to talk myself out of this one because I lost it. Um, but I had my mom had this little heart; that had her name on it that she got when she was a little girl, and you know, it was a necklace thing, but it was ceramic. Uh-huh. And I put it when I was a little kid around a ribbon. I would only wear it at night when I'd sleep. Mm-hmm. I'd sleep in it, and then when I got older, um, even up through college, I would just carry it in my wallet. My wallet when I traveled, mm-hmm. when I was on a plane, you know, and and. Um, i it's in my house somewhere I hope, but um, so now I don't have that anymore as sort of my little good luck charm i but i what I do when I travel now without my family, I just always just have a picture of my kids or something uh-huh. that i is sort of my new sort of good luck you know you know Talented. it's, always, it's yeah. usually like something I'd always want when I was traveling right you know, like that you know it's away from home, yeah, yeah. Don't need it to leave the house on a day-to-day, but right. like, just sort of, like, in those vulnerable... Like, it's just, you know, you're in a fire, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but when I... You kind of have to... When you lose that item, you kind of have to um, transfer the energy. Of right. Like, okay, you know. But I know it was a very... I remember, like, and I would put it on... So having a sleeper when you're really little and, like, having the sneak putting on this thing, mm-hmm. that would make no sense to anybody else. And I got caught once. And my friend's like, what, what is that? And I'm like, you know, how do you explain that when you're, like, nine years old? Right, like, yeah. You know, without seem, like, a mm-hmm. completely crazy or whatever. And I, I don't remember it going over super well, but not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, like, you know, there, and there's a little bit of shame in it. Right. right you know, this thing. Like, I
1: need this object. Yeah, and it yeah. seems
0: so, when you're at that age and you want to be more grown up than mm-hmm. you are, you yep. know, like... It is reflects sort of, you know, right. You're not, you know, and uh. But it's it. I mean,
1: that object is a form of self-soothing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know? Know? Certainly. You know. Um.
1: Yeah. And I that guess.
0: object also goes back to a lot of the other things that we will we'll talk about later down the road. But like in you know, but it connects to that same part of my life where, right. You know, the, the the superstitions and this ma- the magical thinking comes in and you right. Know, like, yeah, this so.
1: this object is protecting me. Yes.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me a little control of the situation. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I have a few more. Okay. Um, another person wrote, a bird crashing into a closed window is really bad luck. It oh. usually means that someone <laughs> in the house is going to die. Um, and so I looked, This mm-hmm. that was a quote, and I looked this up. And I found more that it was more of like a foreshadowing of um, roadblocks or walls Mm -hmm. or psychic blocks to energy in your life. Not necessarily like you're going to die. So then I subsequently like asked this person who had written in, I said, so is this more of an omen or is there any resulting behavior that you would do if this happened? To kind of like mm-hmm. ward off the bad luck that's going to come, and um, she wrote back, "It's more of an omen, and I don't know of anything to offset it. But I do remember when I was three or four, a bird flew into my grandmother's ma- basement, and then my uncle was shot and killed by an ex-girlfriend not long after. So, she
0: in made, this that case, was the connection she made, yes, as a
1: the child. the bird flying in happened." tragedy happened and then the connection was made
0: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. interesting so but like that's not not like the
0: um well you know the the only bird one so much of this is about cause and effect Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like um i do this this happens if i don't do this this happens you know um you know so it just makes sense that we our minds are patterned that way it seems like you know right Especially when we were children.
1: Yeah. And so then going on, on the bird path, um, another person wrote to me that uh, if a wild bird somehow manages to enter your home through a door, a window, or a chimney, you'll
0: suffer a bout of bad luck. Oh, shit. Well, let me tell you. Just Let me just tell you what happened. Oh. <laughs> <This laughs> so I'm ready. Explain a lot of things. So a bird flew into my house because we had um, it was hot, and mm-hmm. so we. The window was open. The screen wasn't down yet. And um, so a bird comes in. And I'm like, oh, i got to get this bird out of the house. And so the bird decides, this is upstairs. And um, no one's going to want to come visit my house. (laughs) Birds Um, and rats. And (laughs) and mice. Um, So it's an odd house. Okay, it's an odd house. Uh, So the bird flies in, and it goes into the bathroom. And I go in there, and I'm like, I'm going to get this bird, and I get all, everything I need to kind of get it out safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bird's terrified. Yeah, oh, It's a terrible story. This is why I'm just saying bad luck. Um, or maybe I was why I didn't win the $1.6 or whatever. Um, so the bird, <laughs> the bird goes in, and it's scared, so it goes under the bathtub. It's a clawfoot tub. Uh-huh. And damn it, the bird gets itself. Um, on a sticky mouse oh no mouse trap. Oh. Let, let me just say for the record we now have humane head okay. mouse traps so Pete is not going to come after yeah. you <laughs> um, just I like to throw them out and, so they can come back in yeah. um, but um, so he gets on there like oh so at least I catched the bird because he's stuck mm-hmm. but the birds are very fragile yes beings, I think so. that's
1: part of it
0: yeah They're
1: very, the fragility of the fragile
0: yeah so um I was able to get the bird off and the bird um how did I, I don't know, the bird like gets outside the window and then it's on the little landing, the little top roof, and then he goes, jumps down or flies. I oh, don't know, I don't know. All I know is I went outside and he was there and then he kind of manages to like hop away hop away. And um, at that point, I'm like, good luck. You know, right. um, not for me. Right. <laughs> you. For me, it was right. bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm like, what are all these things? Like, yeah. I didn't even know that little thing was under the tub. Right. Know, it just got scooted, you know. Yeah. We, you know. But um, did, so as you're there, are,
1: are you thinking like this is bad luck? No.
0: I didn't, didn't really. know that. But now yeah. I would. Now you yeah. think so a yeah. lot, that. And then that's the battle <laughs> of the super. Once you hear, you're like. Dude. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so that explains like all the other things. That explains the rats. <laughs> Sorry, um, okay.
1: so i thought this was yeah. super super cool it was that um so you can keep bad luck at bay and this is you know quotes yeah. around bad luck at bay by keeping birds out
0: of your house out of <laughs> your house right
1: basically <laughs> And birds in all forms, which means no bird wall pattern paper, no crockery, no artwork, images of birds, spell doom. No
0: parakeets.
1: Well, so yeah. So I'm like reading this and I'm like, that's interesting because I have always had an uneasiness about caged birds. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like a bird in a cage. There's something about it that really bothers me. Um, Yeah. Like. I don't. I just. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. weirdly unnatural, um, and also like, especially the weird thing about like parrots. You know, parrots will outlive their owners oh, yeah. quite they're often. Old, yeah,
0: but look, I know. Oh right, you like there's no, a parrot in your life, right? There's a two parrots in my life. <laughs> you know, um, and they're both, you know, almost fifty years old. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a bizarre... Yeah. They're not in my... They're not mine. up <laughs> you
1: know, again. Never,
0: never. <laughs> I, I um, love animals.
1: So, yeah. So even images of birds can spell doom. Uh, huh. Which
0: is, like, crazy to me because, you know... I guess I'm not going with that peacock theme in <laughs> <my> living room. <laughs> I, you know,
1: there's that whole, like, Portlandia you know, put a bird on it yeah, thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, I'm involved in the fine craft world. And there was just all this, like, you know... Birds and then swirls and then you know right. like birds were a thing. Put yeah. a bird on it, which is funny. Like I didn't, I I didn't know anything about the bird thing at all. And my like Christmas tree theme is I, I collect vintage bird ornaments. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's the that's problem with my Christ- luck.
0: They haven't been merry Christmases. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been merry Christmas.
1: Oh my god. There's a rumor that um, actress Lucille Ball, I love Lucy, Mm -hmm. was so fearful of this, like, bird superstition uh, that she refused to stay in any hotels that had bird-themed wallpaper. Oh, interesting. Um, But so then I also heard about a remedy. This was sent to me um, by a a person on Facebook who said that a remedy for bird bad luck is that they need a proper burial so if like a a bird dies in an enclosed space Mm -hmm. you have to give it a a proper burial and um and you should also always save one feather in a mason jar Hmm. which i thought was an interesting idea but then i'm like how long do you save the feather for is it indefinite like what yeah do you save one for each bird or i i don't know or is this just purely an aesthetic thing? and that brings me to, um, I guess just like a personal story of some of my own, um, weird little rituals. Um, and so when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, I became obsessed with reading these, um, young adult Gothic novels and horror stories mm-hmm. by John Belair's, you know, no, I do not. So he wrote The House with the Clock in its whole Oh, I did that. Then. Yes. yes, I love that book on House,
0: mm-hmm.
1: House And they're making a movie. They, yes. And he also wrote The Curse of the Blue Figurine and The Lamp from the Warlock's Tomb. And um I was obsessed with that series. And also, because Ed Gorey did so, a lot of the illustrations. Okay. Which I love, those like weirdly yeah. sketchy illustrations. He's my favorite illustrator. Um That's when I fell in love with um, gory illustrations. Um, And so I became really obsessed with the the vampire tale. And I became incredibly worried about a vampire getting into my house. And so there was the whole thing about um, how you have to invite a vampire in. Like, they can't get in unless you invite them in. So then I became super worried because I I used to sleepwalk and sleep talk a lot. And I became really worried and anxious that I would like sleepwalk over to the window and invite a vampire in. (laughs) And so I was so terrified of this that I would like sleep with my left hand on a Bible on the pillow beside me. And this is like falling into the realm of OCD, Mm -hmm. but and I would like wake up if I like turned over and took my hand off the Bible because I thought like that's that's when it'll happen. Like I had to have my idea. hand on this Bible. Um, and so, like the more that I, if kind of like in retrospect thought about this like this time period, um, it was a time when like I was expected to be a lot more independent. Yeah, um, I was you know all of a sudden. I became like a latchkey kid at that time. Um, I had to go to the bus stop on my own with my younger brother. Um, And this whole thing about like stranger danger Mm kind of became a very real situation. Um, And 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 I suddenly became very aware that the world was not that safe. And so I kind of think that that's where that anxiety came from. It was like this, like imagined creature that could get me, but I could protect myself right. by keeping my hand on the Bible. Um, so yeah, it just it like it manifested itself in that sort of way for me. So interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like that was my that was my ritual to keep myself safe.
0: Uh, did, how long do you think you did that for?
1: I probably did it for like probably like a year, maybe like around that time. I mean, and it was also, you know, um, fifth, sixth grade, which is middle school, which is an extremely emotionally tough time. And so I just think all those things wrapped up into this, this anxiety and, um, and it became, uh, that was something that I could kind of control.
0: I mean, all of it's about anxiety and control and, Mm -hmm. you know, being in confronting or not being vulnerable to our fears, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things that we, you know, kind of do, you know, so. Right. You know, it's.
1: Yeah. Like, I couldn't control, like, a stranger getting mm -hmm. in the house, but I could control a vampire vampire getting in the house. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah
0: that that was That's so um specific to yeah. you know and i wonder in like the vampire was there like in pop in culture in our pop culture were there like vampire things happening like i was like trying to remember movies, that like, oh, was it
1: like when the how lost boys. lost boys um i think lost boys had happened i th- that movie came out before this time but okay. i don't think i was allowed to see it okay i may have seen it yeah not supposed to have seen it because I'm pretty sure that was R-rated. Yeah,
0: <laughs> nowadays the girls, or maybe about you know, yeah, years ago, were like, "Come on, Edward!" Right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so the
1: vampire you know,
0: became cause... so much more romanticized. Yeah, yeah. this. Yeah, which you know, like we should just do a Twilight episode. I know that's seriously <laughs> nuts.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I agree. Um, um,
1: yeah, because vampires, there there is a romantic quality to mm-hmm. them, but not not for me at that time no
0: no no no. there was a
1: very scary scary thing to me
0: and they i think leading up prior to like because i don't even think like um the you know bram stoker's dracula i Mm. think i i found that dracula to be terrifying yeah yeah and um so i think leading up to like you get to the lost boys and they're sort of um these teenage vampires you know um they're scary. Right. You know, they're not anymore. We kinda look I kinda of kind of skimmed through that movie not too long ago, it was just kinda of, I was trying to really They were scary. Yeah. You know, and uh they're just you know, um and then we get into this romanticized, you know, yeah. world of climate.
1: Well to be honest so like the vampire history and stories, story is it's historically about like sex sexuality mm-hmm. and repression. Yeah. Um so yeah, again, fifth, sixth grade. Mm, yeah you know. Yeah. <laughs> me, oh, there might been some of that in there too. You know, I I mean, I don't know. It's that's a whole nother episode where right. we talking yeah. about
0: vampires. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sex and vampire. That wraps up some stories of some common superstitions that people yeah. have written to us about. Um And so next episode, we're going to get into a little bit more about the psychology behind why we have superstitions and why we do um, some ritualistic and superstitious behaviors, um, and also just kind of how uh, superstition and anxiety go hand in hand. So we're going to talk a little bit
0: more about magical thinking. And let me just add, Sherry, um, she's making it sound a lot more sophisticated. (laughs) Then it probably actually will be. <laughs> <laughs> so just saying, because we know we don't know. We don't know. We, don't. we We're don't know. We're just doing our best in researching what? our interests. Not going to lie a, a lot <laughs> of yep.
1: Please send us your stories, your superstitious stories, your rituals, your weird things you do or they don't even have to be weird maybe they're just something that you do every day that you don't even think about or and this made you think twice about it or maybe there is something that you do think a lot about (laughs) um that you want to share so send it to us at very superstitiouspod at gmail.com
0: and remember if you don't listen that's bad luck Not yeah.
1: <laughs> you can also find us on instagram at very superstitious and we're also on twitter at very superstitious as well so you can contact us all on those platforms and also thank you again to moving east who has done our intro and outro music and is our audio engineer
0: beware bewitched be bye. bye I forget that every time. I always want to say and be dazzled, <laughs> be dazzled. <laughs>